Hello, curious fuckers. Reed and Hello. Florence here. Whoa. As you know, we have expanded our team with Come Curious to Ben, Six, and Drew as well. And it's Black History Month, so here's a very exciting episode hosted by Ben and Six. Welcome to Fucks Given, the one with Six, Ben, and Josh, the Black people. Hello, curious fuckers. I'm Reed. And I'm Florence. And together we're Come Curious. When we're not just fucking around on YouTube and Instagram. Every Thursday, we invite a new guest onto Fucks Given to talk about their best fucks, worst fucks, and the fucks that made them. We also answer your sex questions and read out your sex stories. So stay tuned as we divulge all the delicious details. Hello, we have decided to take over this podcast with the Negro Agenda. So <laughs> you can't say that on the podcast. It's totally appropriate oh in the United States. I don't know about there. Okay. All right. Well, we'll run with it. We'll see how it goes. Okay, fine. It's fine. It, well, is it going to be titled The Negro Agenda? Yeah. It's called Reclaiming. <laughs> we, okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> In parentheses, The Negro Agenda. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone. A, Welcome. A of sorts. <laughs> Welcome to today's episode of Fucks Given, um, the show that there's something that they say every time, and I can't remember what it is, but we're here, baby. We're out here. This is our podcast today. We're taking it over. Um, it's Black History Month in the UK and with that in mind we are deciding or we have decided that we're going to do a podcast um with one of our favorite people um somebody who's been uh, meant to be m- meant to have been on this podcast a long time ago well, how many times did they try and get you on Josh uh, a couple of times. A couple I of think, times. Okay. Yeah. T- too famous? Too famous. Okay. Um, My schedule is so busy. Uh, I, I, Josh. I am busy being black, of course. <laughs> Can you, well, this is it. Can you do me a favor? So I, um, I obviously, I know you personally, um, mm-hmm. but I Googled you to find a, a, an adequate bio. And for some reason, you're an enigma. Who, who are you, Josh? Uh, an enigma, <laughs> yes. So I'm Josh Rivers, and I am the creator and host of Busy Being Black which explores how we live in the fullness of our queer black lives. And I'm the head of communications for UK Black Pride. So I, I consider myself, my, my, my elevator pitch is that I am an amplifier, a megaphone for the queer community. Dope. And, yes. and would you tell me, um, or would you tell the audience today how we met? So Ben and I had sex um, a few times. I jumped ahead to fantasy. Are you, you going to clarify? <laughs> yeah, no, okay. no so um, I don't remember the first time that we met, but um, I do remember that you came on the show for a very w- wonderful and expansive conversation about masculinity and intersectionality. And I'm just, a, I'm such a huge fan of yours. I think you're remarkable. Thank you. That's so nice. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I've just realised that you might not have any idea who we are either. Um, so that's an important point that we need to touch on. Um, so I'm Ben. Um, I'm a new member of the Come Curious community. Uh, I'm a facilitator. I'm an activist in inverted commas. I don't know if you can be an activist if you get paid to do it. Is that a real thing? 
I feel like it doesn't yes. count. Yes, you can. Okay. You're a professional activist. I'm a professional activist, lol. Um, I'm also a supermodel, uh, recently signed, so thank you very much. Um, and I do loads of other stuff, podcasting, hosting, presenting, all of that kind of good stuff. Um, and I'm going to be talking on Come Curious a lot in the future um, about masculinities and positive sexual relationships for men. And Six, who are you? Who are you? Hello. Hi, I'm Six. Um, at Black Woman Cry, if you follow me on Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube. Nobody follows me on YouTube, so it's fine if you don't know me there. I am an astrologer, a sex astrologer, Six the Astrologer, and I basically use astrology to have conversations about sex because I like both. Uh, I'm also getting a PhD in human sexuality, so super interested in contemporary social issues, super interested in sex stuff, and yeah. I'm here because I, I I don't know. I guess they were like, um, diversity. We need black girl, one black girl. We need a black American. girl. <laughs> she's, she's black uh, and American see. and queer and hair. And like, I, I'm a lot of things. I'm a lot of things. I'm here because I'm totally about it. And I watched Doctor Who growing up. So basically British. Yeah. Not. Essentially. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my space. <laughs> Reclaiming my entire identity, really. Don't. Um, and you're also a new member of the of the Come Curious community, right? Yes, um, I am joining you and Drew. So we're out here. We should have got Drew on a podcast. We'll do that next time. Um, yes. But today it's Josh's time to shine. So we're going to be talking about sex. Let's have sex. Oh, that's not a good song no. to use, is it? That was a Let's terrible choice. Let's talk about sex, baby. Sorry, better. Let's talk about you. Voulez-vous coucher? Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things. I forgot what that means. Let's talk about (laughs) sex. Fuck number one. The last fuck. My last fuck was a few weeks ago. Weeks? yeah, you, we're in lockdown. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. That's true. hello. That is There's true. a virus <laughs> running around there. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, with someone whose name I do not remember. Mm-hmm. That's and fair. And it was fun. I don't know. That's all the details you're willing, willing to share on this occasion. At this it time. may have been outdoors. Was it really? <laughs> what kind of outdoors was it? Like city or... Rural, rural, or... R- ruralish, yeah, rural, like countryside. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like really? a park. Yeah, but like not a park in the city. What, <laughs> is that is that like a is that like a normal thing for you? Are you like a push? Well, you define kind of define normal. Yeah, but yeah, cool. it's. I think it's fun to do stuff like that, like go outside or in public spaces. I think it can be quite thrilling and exciting. I've never done that. I'm gonna try. I think I'm gonna try. I that think sounds you should. It's definitely worth trying. I've done it plenty of times. At some point when you do it in the forest, it's almost like you're connecting like an avatar. Like it's like the the spiritual aura just increases and then the orgasm is just like sending it off to the universe. It's hot. And there's also something about the darkness that I find exciting. I think that, um, you know, in the gay community, you know, cruising is quite, you know, it's a, it's lauded, it's historical, it's still very common. And I think that darkness um, has always been seen as something scary, right? But I think for lots of um, black men in particular, the darkness provides an opportunity or an anonymity or 
um, something else, you know, under cover of darkness is um, perhaps a moment of potential of opportunity of excitement of intimacy that might not be possible otherwise for a number of reasons. Um, you know, these kind of facades and, and that we have to uphold around ourselves during the day kind of melt away at night sometimes. And so I think part of it is, is part of that thrill of the darkness is that that I can maybe be someone else. That's so interesting. Do you know what do you know what I find really interesting about that is for me, I feel like and this is why I think this conversation is really important. We're going to we're going to dive into it really seriously in a moment. But I I find it really interesting uh, like the the place where your sexuality for you, um, my sexuality for me, and my race intersect. Because mm. I like for me, I have this weird thing about like being in the countryside as a black person, like where I feel like super unsafe all the time. Like I, I it feels like get out to me. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like I don't know what's gonna happen, who's gonna come running around the corner, and if I stumble upon people, I feel like there's like a sense of like no one's gonna save me which is a weird thing so i, I don't like I, does that play out for you or do you just feel like super chill are you one of those people that's just like at one with nature i don't think i'm necessarily one with nature in fact i don't i don't, I don't take to being outside in the in wooded area as well you know i'm like oh that hurts what's that you know and like <laughs> a bit of a <laughs> one of those bougie niggas you know so <laughs> but you know when it's time for an adventure it's time for an adventure i don't know i i always i have I also think that we have to think about how spaces are sexualized, right? Like, and, and in different ways for different communities. Like, I don't know how how highly charged outdoors sex can be for in presumably heterosexual people, or if it's something that is almost kind of um, I don't I, mean, I don't want to pathologize it, but something that's kind of that we learn as 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 gay men to kind of enjoy and pursue. I don't know. Mm. I don't have an answer to that. I just tried it and I liked it. <laughs> Six, any thoughts? I just like having sex that does not result in terrible consequences. So if we are deciding to fuck in random places, I I think there's a spontaneity thing that is really hot. Like when I think of the queer people that I've hooked up with, um, women in particular, <laughs> there is a lot of like... It, it's interesting because like in America, it's a bit more conservative. So it's like I definitely think there's a time taking that women of my generation have taken when it comes to like flirting. It's like we could go on like an entire date and like leave the date like, are they gay? Was this two friends going out, gal pals, hanging and getting their nails done? Like, at what point in time was this day gay? And I remember, like, in past dates where I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this gay by paying for both of us. So later on, if we decide it was gay, then, like, this can be gay. So it's like, once <laughs> you find... <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. The last person that, um, I went on a date with, I made sure to pay for our tea. And I was like, I don't know if she's really attracted to me. But in a few months... I'm going to follow up and then it can turn into a date because I paid like that. That's the rule that I kind of said. It really doesn't make any sense. It's more so hilarious and awkward. Yeah, and I, like, I think calculus is a- <laughs> <laughs> it's just my flirting style, awkward and quirky. But once it finally does get to this point of like building up over time, I feel like it could just kind of happen anywhere. That's appropriate. Like I've like made out in the street with a woman after going on like maybe like 
one, two, like third date, like we finally are touching and we're just making out on the street and then we like make out all the way to her apartment, get through the apartment, have sex. And that's kind of how it's been for a lot of the girls that I've dated. It's like super duper conservative and then explosion. You know, Essex Hemphill has a poem called um, Where Seed Falls. And part of it is, um, we are the hunger of shadows. We lurk in the shadows in the dark. We don't have to say, I love you. And I think it's like this beautiful way to look at the kind of anonymity or spontaneity of outdoor sex that can be, um, you know, he also writes about choosing to be sexualized in a particular moment, like choosing to be objectified, to be made a sexual object of. So I think there's a certain power and agency, again, that I think the, the cover of darkness provides. Absolutely. And I think there's also like... I remember walking down the street and, like, just having, like, packs of men follow. Like, just follow. Like, I've been on dates with girls where men have, like, basically harassed us and been like, oh, kiss us, kiss us. Like, just, like, while I'm on the date. So it's like, once you finally get to that point where it's like you're on the street and you are like, I can be here. I am entitled to be here. And I feel safe enough to advocate for myself and stand up for myself. Make like nobody's gonna arrest me for making out on the street in New York City. Like I'm claiming all of this space, mm. obviously responsibly. I feel that. So when you have sex in the dark, was it actually in the dark? Yeah, because you're talking, you sp- you're speaking about the cover of darkness a lot, right? Yeah. Um, are you not scared? Well, I think that's part of the thrill. Oh wow, you're like Isn't edgy it? man. Flip. <laughs> I don't do anything. I want to do some stuff. This is yeah, okay. Come with, come with me, Ben. <laughs> come with me. I'll show you. <laughs> fuck number two. The best fuck. Um, my best fuck had to have been with, oh yeah, my ex-boyfriend, Polish guy. This was years and years and years ago. And he had just the most, I think about it now and I'm like, wow. It just the most <laughs> tremendous dick. Like it was just perfect perfection. I've never seen anything like it since. Before or since. Um, and he really he really wanted to make me feel good. And Aww. so we had a number of quite mind-blowing um, sexual experiences. One of which was on LSD. Ooh, what's oh, what's that like? Insane. <laughs> what the heck is it that? It was like? insane. Yeah, well, because we were also watching Zoolander. Oh yeah, and we had you know, dropped some, yeah, and everything started moving, and it became so funny, and then we like tumbled onto each other, and then kind of had this like amazing sexual. I was gonna say sexual intercourse, and I was like, "Who am I?" <laughs> it's <amazing. laughs> it it like this amazing fuck. It was really nice. Yeah, so it, it was with him. And what 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 for you makes good sex great, or what what makes it like? So you said. You are an LS, or you had a number of great experiences. Is it just the dick that makes it? No, amazing? I think that we we were very kind of in tune to each other's body and kind of very committed to making each other come um, and to pleasing each other. And there wasn't anything that we couldn't really try, right? So if I had an idea or he had an idea, you, we could throw it out there and it wouldn't be like, you know, it was never turned down as it were. Um, and so there was kind of this openness between us that we could try something and if it didn't work, we didn't have to do it again. Or if we didn't like it, we didn't have to do it again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, sorry. I just thought at the time he handcuffed me to the banister. <laughs> <laughs> you freak. <laughs> and I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> That's so I really romantic. enjoyed that. Yeah. So it was really nice. I haven't had that since. 
and that kind of enduring kind of intimacy with someone since right <laughs> which is a bit sad now that i've said it out loud but <laughs> i mean but it's also a global health crisis be fair yeah, but I, th- I think it speaks to a much larger um, issue that I've I've encountered in exploring my sexuality is where does where do where does sexuality or sex and eroticism and intimacy where do they intersect and what is that chemistry what is that alchemy rather that that needs to happen for me to be that intimate with someone where I'm not afraid to pursue or ask them for what I want or to ask them what they want and I think I've just become a lot more emotionally reserved over the past few years i don't necessarily feel as open to other people as i did before do you feel like race has something to do with that because as you're saying that i'm literally thinking about i've been like saying i don't want to have sex and being black is a part of the reason why right now yeah 100 percent. you well listeners can't see but i've started covering myself in tattoos and part of that is a reclamation of, of my body and so i always find um highly objectified i'm often touched without permission there's it's my you know my entire adult life has been a case of unwanted advances and and inappropriate groping and i think that for me being in the being a you know a light black man in the gay scene comes with its um terrors and its pitfalls its opportunities of course and so i think i've become a lot more i I, i'm really I'm, as I reclaim my body, I'm less inclined to share it with people that I don't feel I want to share it with, um, mm. if that makes sense. I, I don't necessarily feel people are entitled to my body in a way that I did before. That's so interesting. So does that mean that you have less sex or is that just about being more choosy about or picky about? Do you have no, I think you? I'm actually I, I have lots of sex. I just mm. don't have lots of intimate sex. That's fair. Yeah. So I don't. You know, intimate sex for me is kissing, eye contact, touching, cuddling, you know, asking questions, a dialogue. And I don't do lots of that. I'm kind of a bit more uh, transactional now. Intentionally? Intentionally transactional, yes. If I want more with you, I'll ask for it. But um, I don't often feel that way. And what what does that, I'm really interested in this, what does that do for you? Like, because for me, I feel like to... to, um, to have sex in that way, like I think the the space that I'm in at the moment, like to have sex in that in that way where it's like um, transactional, would make me on a personal level would make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I, I don't enjoy sex that's like that, but I feel like I can. I feel like there's maybe some kind of value in it that you're exploring. I, I think there is, and I think, but I think often when we think of transactional, maybe we think of not consensual or right. not mutually pleasurable or uh you know because i particularly as men right yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Who to are, me it's like cold yeah who yeah. are hypersexualized and take what we want but actually when two people engage in a transaction together right then it's it can be a mutually beneficial transaction right and it kind of cuts away all the unnecessariness and it manages people's expectations and here's what i'm after and i think that's part of sexual agency right i think for so long i don't feel like i had control over what i wanted Mm. right sexually that i couldn't ask for that like i wasn't empowered i didn't have um i didn't have the confidence and i think that maybe now i feel a bit more confident in approaching various situations where sex occurs and feeling comfortable to go in and say hey i'm going to go in and i'm going to get this and i'm going to give this and i'll be out of there i'm going to have this kind of fun or that kind of fun or i might go into this specific space for that specific type of fun yeah um and i think there's i have a bit more of a 
of a, I don't know, internal language around asking for what I want or going towards what I want. That sounds so cool. Because I guess, I guess for me, like, the idea of sex is quite, like, intrinsically connected to this idea of, like, people's expectations of who I am or who I'm supposed to be in the world. I can um, imagine so. And I think, like, particularly as, particularly as, a, as a black man, like, I feel the hypersexualization. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel it when I'm engaging with someone, even in the conversations that we're having before we have sex. Like, I can tell that there's this expectation that I'm going to be dominant or I'm going to be throwing them around the room or whatever it might be. Um, Come and, on. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm not strong <laughs> enough to do that. Leave alone. Um, but that this idea of, like, um, reclaiming that and, and setting your own boundaries and your own rules and, make, like, it being transactional, not meaning not mutually beneficial or not That's mutually right. pleasurable. Um, but just, so does that mean it's always really clear? No, of course not. You know, that's, no one communicates that clearly all the time. Um, but I think the intention for that clear communication, that intention for that interaction becomes very important then, right? I don't always go in, sometimes I'm under the influence and I don't go in with all my, you know, intentions aligned mm. about what I want from that situation. And <laughs> we kind of fumble our way through it and we get it. So I don't, I don't want it to seem as if I approach every single sexual interaction exploring my sexual agency. <laughs> I just think that like overall I've become, over the past few years, I've become a lot more conscious and, and less shame like and approaching sex without shame i think gay sex is so stigmatized mm. and if it's cruising or group sex or chem sex or what have you everything comes attached with all sorts of assumptions and judgments and i think so much of my journey as a gay man has been to say has been to ask myself what kind of sex do you want and why do you want that type of sex and where are you going to go for it and who wants to have that type of sex with you and this i think this is part of the journey that i wish it didn't have to be so hard i wish we taught people about sex in more substantive and meaningful ways. Is that part of the work that you're trying to do though, Six? Yeah, um, I think that one of the things that have gotten me really interested is just the fact that I don't think, at least in the U.S., that black people, and I feel like probably a lot of the world, like if you were colonized by Europe, any European country, the way that you get to express your sexuality changes. The way Mm. that you get to claim and like identify as a sexual being changes. Mm. And then I also don't think that one thing that is talked about is just around child sexual abuse specifically in the black community and it's like even when we're thinking about r kelly it's like i was just talking to my friend last night i was like it's so funny i can't believe i can fly anymore and like that's fine but it's really interesting how we were making the oh i hope r kelly doesn't pee on me jokes like the whole time it's not like it's not like it was something that was in the closet. Like we all knew that R. Kelly was a child abuser. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to think about how it took so much time for that story to come out, for people to start being like, oh my gosh, can't prey on young black children, can't play, um, prey on even like just groups that it's like have been so historically marginalized. So the work that I really want to do is around identifying those groups specifically like amplifying the voices of indigenous and black people just because I feel like it's so easy to just know that something is happening to that Mm -hmm. community and then 
just be like, oh, well, like, you know, they prefer to keep it with themselves anyway. Like, they prefer to have their own segregated groups. But it's like, why is that the case? Like, I feel like there's a lot of gaslighting and understanding that community or those two communities. Yeah, and and I think I think that point about amplifying the voices of those communities, like on a, on an individual level, like is really important. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like that's where a lot of a lot of the risk and danger comes from is in people not not having their voices heard. Um, like I, like, if I think about myself, I think, uh, at what point did I learn to communicate what it was that I wanted and didn't want? Um, mm. from a sexual encounter do you know what I mean like and I feel like coming back to that point again of like as a as a man firstly I think that we're not taught to communicate desire in in terms of sex apart from like what we are going to do to a person do you know what I mean not like how I want it to feel or how I want to feel afterwards or what I want to experience or what I want it to be it's just about I want to do the thing um, mm. or in, in my experience that's what it's been also but then as well as that, like when when you attach that um, black lens to it, or not even a black lens, because it's not the way that I see the world. I feel like it's the way that the world sees me, um, and this idea of like what I'm supposed to want or what I'm supposed to be. Um, like I wonder, I wonder how how that plays out for you, because that sounds really like it sounds like a really amazing space to be in, where you're like questioning yourself i don't know if any of us really stop enough to ask ourselves those questions what kind of sex do i want do you know what i mean what who do i want to have that sex with who wants to have that sex with me i i don't know if i've actually stopped to ask myself those questions another question i hadn't ever considered before that someone asked me earlier this year was um are you having the type of sex you want Mm. and what does that even mean like when you've said it i'm like what (sighs) What type like, of sex do I want? What I was type like, of no. sex do I want? <laughs> I just, I, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, I think I might be fortunate in this respect where it's like, I guess I grew up in a predominantly like white Southern area. And then it's like when I went to school, like I definitely was like one of few black people. And like what I ended up like kind of experiencing, like I went very American in my perspective and understanding like, rumspringer like let's have some fun like let's get out there so i think that i've had so many different types of sex Mm -hmm. that it's at this point i could tell you probably exactly what i want and like i could even like look at certain people and just be like like just like based off of kissing i can kind of tell if i want to have sex with you or Mm -hmm. not like based off of how you touch me like i know exactly what i want and i've always kind of been the person in bed where i'm like i want this and this and this is how to make me orgasm and if you can't do it you might as well just go see you later (laughs) goodbye (laughs) but to to your earlier point ben is it's this conversation around consent um it's something that we navigate as gay men that i think i've I've been really surprised that there hasn't been a gay me too movement right right Um, right it, it we have to speak about it and i remember my kind of reckoning with it when um when the me too movement kicked off in 2017 um it was the first time I was kind of ready to speak publicly about my own assault mm. when I was 17 and not to take up space from, from the women who were speaking up, but rather to say that um, my inability to address my own assault has made it so hard for me to address yours. Mm. And so as I started speaking to more gay men, gay and queer men about their experiences, they all had very similar kind of me too stories. And it's, it strikes me that we haven't been able to have a much more, 
open conversation about that. I think men, a lot of that is to do with we as men are often implicated in the very behaviors where we want others to stop doing to us. But yeah, I think that to go back to your earlier point, that this conversation around consent is really important to have. Super, super important. So, and you, oh, so, so, so important. And, and for some reason, we just never have it. I feel like it, it sits just beneath the surface and we all know like you can feel it, do you know what I mean? Like in even in your interactions. Yeah, and to give you an extreme example, I've been mm. in a, like a group sex situation, and just before I go to touch someone, I said, "You mind?" Mm. And they go, "No, of course, that's fine." Why are you and they laugh. <laughs> <We're all here. laughs> and then and then I'm like, "Yeah, what consent is? You know, the consent can't ever be assumed." Yeah. And then it really makes the person I'm I'm trying to have sex with stop and go, "Huh?" You know, and it just shows you how often these that permission isn't asked yeah. in these kind of, in these, in this kind of extreme situation of, of group interactions. But yeah, I don't know. I'm trying I to really, do my little bit. I really enjoy that story because I think that really goes back to you being an amplifier and specifically in that moment, an amplifier of like boundaries. Like a lot of people mm. do not get to like, if I was in a group situation, I would automatically assume, well, eh, it depends on the situation, but I would kind of automatically assume that if somebody touched me, it's my it's fault okay. that I yeah. put myself there. And I think that's something a lot of people are taught. So, like, mm. just you in that moment being able to be like, eh, but let me, like, give this person a new check. standard. <laughs> yeah. You upgraded about that. this. Yeah. Yeah. Important Is it okay? Can I suck your dick? Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's, it's not that hard to ask. It's not that hard to ask. <laughs> Fuck number three. The fantasy fuck. To be fair, um, I've had a lot of this. I've had a lot of my fantasy sex. Don't go too deep into the the recesses of your memory there. (laughs) That was a deep dive where you were gone for a couple of seconds. Let me me see what I haven't done yet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Actually, I would really love to have sex on a cruise, Mm. like on a cruise ship. Yeah, like Ooh, one of those really? deep cruises. Yeah. Do you yeah. get seasick? No, obviously not. Otherwise, you wouldn't want to have sex on a cruise ship. <laughs> and I'm sure I could get over it. <laughs> what would what would that yeah, be? I like? think I'd like to be like in a kind of really horny cruise situation. I think that looks fun. Sounds fun. And what does what does that what does that sex for you look like? I want to understand, you know, what you said earlier about what type of sex do I want to have? I feel yeah. like you have a clear picture of like what that is on a cruise ship. <laughs> Specifically, yeah, very specifically on a cruise ship. But what is that like? Oh, Barbara Walters. <laughs> I was like, Ben, people will know what I mean. <laughs> no, just leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it seems to me that I have, I'm really kind of attracted to these more kind of carnal, no holds barred, everyone's kind of throwing themselves into the pit kind of sex. I think it's, you know, sex clubs, group sex. I think it, it can be really fun and feels empowering and liberating and naughty. And yeah. So I, and the place I haven't had sex is on a big cruise ship full of loads of gay men having sex. Mm. That's like, um, there's a scene in, what's <laughs> I'm talking about Gods. this, but no shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we could cut Whatever. it out. Whatever. Um, I don't think there should be anything shameful. Like, as you were talking, I was like, so like, does anybody have a problem with voyeurs? Can I like, just come with like, Right. A drink and Voyeurism's just cheer fun. you on from afar. Yeah. yeah you get it. Yeah. <laughs> go, Josh. Go. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. There's one more over there. Yeah. Oh, no. It got in my eye. Another one. <laughs> get him. Get, get him. Get another one. <laughs> Does anybody need any condoms, drinks, snacks? 
<laughs> yeah. What about you? What kind of what's your fantasy sex, Ben? Me? Oh, my fantasy sex. I don't know the answer to the question. I genuinely don't know. I'm. I, How are you asking I, me questions you don't know the answer to? I know because it's your it's your <laughs> episode. It's your your interview, bro. Um, what kind of sex would I have if I could have any kind of sex? I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like I'd want to explore maybe. Um, uh, I feel like I sound so vanilla, but I'd like to explore some more BDSM. I think, um, and just oh, that's and just interesting. See, see, it's obviously not. Look at your face; you're so rude. No, um, that is very interesting. <laughs> BDSM had didn't even cross my mind when I was thinking yeah. about that type of sex. You know what? It, you know what it is though, because I was having um, uh, sex with a guy, and I was giving him a blowjob. And he was mm. a white man, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna make you my slave." <laughs> oh no, really? And I was like, I was like. <laughs> uh, excuse I, said, me. <laughs> I said to him there are a number of reasons that's not going to happen not least <laughs> 400 years oh, no. and he was like oh i'm really sorry i didn't even think about that and I, I don't i also don't like being told what to do at all so right. i'm not sure that kind of bdsm is for me but did did he mean sex slave or did he mean slave slave he meant that's, sex slave okay and you but i don't want like, i don't want no, a collar on i don't want a muzzle on i don't want to you know be walked around i don't i don't want you punching me or yeah, touching yeah, me yeah. too hard so i can be quite particular yeah I've, i feel like that's the thing about about bdsm for me is like i feel like it has to be super super like not even like consensual is not in a big enough word really like it has to be like really like uh gentle and kind do you know what i mean like of it can be what it is but i feel like it would have to be six is like laughing but i feel like it would have to be like i'd have to feel really safe like so he doesn't actually want bdsm he wants to be held (laughs) yeah but i I do afterwards definitely (laughs) but like um but no like because i feel like i'd I'd like to explore like pain do you know what i mean like i'd Mm. like to know where my limits lie in that regard. But I don't want to do that with just a random person that I don't trust because that's just a bit of a weird vibe for me. Would you pay a sex worker to help you explore those limits? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I trust someone that I paid enough. Hey, hire a sex worker, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I, I... I feel like the the level of trust I would need would be relational. I see. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'd probably have to be committed to a person to to feel like in some capacity... Do you know what I mean? Like to feel yeah. like safe enough. I don't know. Six, what do you think? Um, what would be your fantasy? Fantasy. I like thought about this and then I was like, y'all are going to make fun of me. But I've had so much sex that the idea of having sex with someone after getting married, like honeymoon sex, like, wow, this is the person that I love this much to uh. make like a vow and a commitment to. The fact that we're actually here and this is really supposed to be soul tangling, like I'm in love with you, losing myself completely in the moment. That's that is my fantasy at this point. Wow. Why would we make fun of that? I'd never make fun of that. Because yeah. it's not wild or crazy or anything. It's, it's emotionally really, wild. Your yeah. Fantasy. yeah, that's emotion. That is emotionally wild. <laughs> You're like intimacy. I'm <laughs> moving back. That's intimacy with a big eye. <laughs> like 
as I was saying the story, Josh's eyes opened like uh, wide. Yikes. <laughs> Why did you ever do that? What? Marriage? Yeah, I'm so anti-marriage, but yeah that's fair that's fair i'm yeah. not i'm not which means i don't i don't obviously don't judge people who do get married but that's why for me i was like that's wild you know i guess like i'm open to the i'm open to divorce like i'm an open-minded person right. like i don't believe that that's we such have an to interesting be. way to enter marriage you know i'm open to the idea of divorce <laughs> like <laughs> I, I would love this to be forever if this could last for eternity great but, but i'm also like, happy to walk bro why would i stay in something that makes me unhappy yeah be, i understand that sometimes or be unhappy but like if we don't want to be there anymore why would we stay yeah there fuck number four the what the fuck i think it would have to be the first time i tried to have sex with another guy I was okay. 14. <laughs> okay let's go i'm really interested in this one <laughs> i was 14 and we were madly in love. And um, we obviously did not know uh, the mechanics of butt sex. Um, and we had tried anyway. And he we'll very earnestly tried to um, stick his penis in my bum. And I was like, ow, oh. that's not going to go in there. <laughs> And obviously, we didn't know that uh, lube is often required for that kind of sex. It's a very important part. It's a very important part of the equation. It's a very big part. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes, even poppers, you need to loosen yourself up. What's a popper? What's a popper? Oh. You've never done poppers before? you never had poppers, Ben? <laughs> Guys, Even please. I've done of, poppers. of course I've done poppers. I do poppers all the time. I do poppers <laughs> what do you mean? I've got day. some right here. <laughs> what? 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 Poppers? I'm just asking for the people. Oh, you who said are poppers, yeah. <laughs> I'm just asking for anybody who may be confused as to what that is. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Of course, Ben. Of course. The, uh, the, <laughs> ever the journalist. Um, <laughs> poppers, uh, you sniff poppers and they kind of they, they give you a head rush and they loosen you up. Oh yeah, they're very gay. That's probably the, why you haven't had them. They're very gay. <laughs> they're That's very probably, gay. You're not part of. The I mean, I'm sure other people use them too, but there are. <laughs> there okay. are contribution to the sexual the sexual revolution, um, and so yeah. So that was my that was my. That's my what the what, WTF because I remember like we were so confused as to, as to why that didn't work. We were like, well, how are we supposed to do it then? And so we were very WTF about that. Mm. So it just didn't work at all just gave up yeah i mean i don't know if you've had someone try to put their penis in your bum without any lube on it (laughs) yeah so that was kind of that was a we were done with that exercise i was like oh cool let's just make out (laughs) yeah yeah that's my wtf that's so interesting though because i i often i do often wonder about like the mechanics of like you know there's that episode in have you seen sex education yeah you know there's the episode where um the, the dude is teaching, uh, is his name Brian? I don't know what his name is, but the dude's teaching the black dude how to douche for the first time. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I, and God, I when wondered, did I learn like, how to douche? When did you learn how to douche? And that wasn't have until... Have you learned how to douche? <laughs> I definitely have, yeah. Um, that wasn't until my early 20s. Yeah. It's, I, they, there's no, there was no kind of like gay sex manual when yeah. I came of a sexual age. Um and a lot of the sex that I was having in, when I first started becoming sexually active was kind of really haphazard and um, fraught as well, right? Like it was 
uh, I, I didn't have the knowledge I needed. And I, you know, I think that's probably one of my resentments in life is that, you know, we kind of raise these young people in these in this super hypersexual world yeah. without really giving them the tools um, and knowledge to navigate that world. And for gay people, gay men, to be specific about my own experience, um, you know, we've got to learn how to how to douche and ask for consent and mm. be wary of predatory older men. And, you know, there, there, there's a bit of nurturing, I think that that should be happening. That doesn't happen necessarily. So how do you, how do you then learn to navigate the scene then? Like, how do you, how do you learn trial to... and error? Yeah. Oh, really? Sometimes I, yeah, I think some, I've had a few, um, I've had a couple of really questionable interactions with older men and found myself in some really kind of, scary situations mm. and i don't know you just kind of get like a like a a sense of things <laughs> I, yeah you yeah figure it out on you, the fly. you just figure it out as you go i know many lots of gay men have you know older mentors and people who kind of guide them through and again this is why intergenerational conversations are important as the as the landscape changes as you know technology changes we need to be having conversations across generations to understand how people are navigating the scene i mean it's still happening i'm still navigating the scene right yeah all of us are and do you think do you think that there's a so one of the questions i always ask myself is like which is a weird question to ask yourself but is is there a specific version of this for me right like and when i say for me i mean me as a black person um without is there a specific version of this for me so like when you say um when you say like having a, a mentor or somebody to teach you how to navigate the scene, like I'm, is there, are there like specifics that you need to know that other people might not need to know? Like out of interest, like, imagine, question. imagine there's, imagine there's 14 year old Josh listening to this podcast now. Like yeah. are there is, and there might be, the answer might be no, right? Like there might not be mm-hmm. anything at all that is specific to your identity that you would have needed to know then. But if there is, it might be useful to share it. I didn't know until maybe my late twenties that I was a fetishized object within the gay scene specifically. Mm. I just, I thought that everyone was groped and grabbed inappropriately and made comments about in, in in an inappropriate way. I just thought it was normal. I didn't know any better. I didn't know that it was racialized. I didn't know that, um, that people shouldn't be grabbing my ass like that. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And so I think that I would, if there was a 14, if I was speaking to a 14 year old me, I would say um, you, because what's been really helpful for me is to read people like Essex Hemphill and um, to watch the work of Marlon Riggs who and Ajamu X and um, Rotomi Fami Cody, you know, gay black men who were kind of exploring sexuality from a gay black man's perspective. Now, a lot of these people were obviously exploring it under the under duress of the AIDS crisis. Um but what Essex Hemphill and Marlon Riggs talk about is what, how blackness shows up within predominantly white spaces, how black gay men's bodies show up. And one of the things I find so empowering about Hemphill, I've got one of his um, stanzas tattooed on my arm, is that he, a lot of his work is giving back agency to black gay men in spaces where that agency is either um, assumed to not be there or is actively taken away. And so that's been a big lesson for me in choosing the kind of sex I want and who I want to have sex with is to, is to teach myself that I have agency. I am A, allowed to want to be fetishized and desired and touched. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also 
perfectly allowed to not want that and to say I don't want that, um, to decide when, where, how, how many, with drugs, without drugs, sex clubs, outside. These are all decisions that I'm allowed to make, that I should feel empowered to make, and that I should be able to make without shame. Mm. And so that is a different experience for black bodies in gay spaces than I imagine it is for white men in those spaces, but I'm not white, so... So I actually don't. You're gonna know. have to speak to one of them. <laughs> You'll have to ask one of them. But th- I think I think that that's um, actually really important, really important advice, right? Like for for somebody to know that they have agency. And I don't know I don't know if you can say that enough because I wonder how many times you have to hear that before you internalize it. Do you know what I mean? Like how many times does somebody have to tell you you have agency before you actually start to behave like you have agency? Any day now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost, we're almost there. We'll get there soon. <laughs> we'll get there soon. But it is, it's an, I, I think we also have to really resist um, any narratives that suggest that we get to a place. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's constant, we're constantly working at it, right? I know you are. I know six mm-hmm. is obviously like we're constantly having conversations with ourselves, being self reflexive questioning things having conversations what is that what are poppers how do you douche Mm. (laughs) do i like bdsm you know like you have these conversations and i think that you know you meet people who also respond to the version of you that you want to be right so when you when you are in a sexual situation and you do say no and someone says cool no problem you feel empowered you go that's right that's how it's supposed to be yeah and i think you kind of gain confidence i'm also an action person so i (laughs) My dad said he could never tell me what to do. Um, he was like, no matter what, I just, nothing, nothing. You would just always do the exact opposite. And one day you were running up and down the bleachers. Well, my dad was a basketball player. And you're running up and down the bleachers. And his teammates were like, Doc, your son is running up and down the bleachers. He's going to fall. And he said, I tried to tell him, but experience is the best teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, and bang, I heard thum, 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 thum. <laughs> And he said, you fell all the way down the bleachers. Did you stop after that? <laughs> he said, you never ran up the bleachers again. <laughs> well, this is it. If you don't hear oh, must feel in it. Way to learn. Yeah. And so I've always been that way. I've always wanted to kind of figure figure things out for myself. So I don't know. I'm a, I'm a doer. Fuck number five. The fuck that changed the game. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the X, you know. Really? Wow. wow. Josh, why are you just going back? <laughs> why are you, what are you doing? I'm asking the same <laughs> question in my What's head. <laughs> Does he not want you back? We Look, this was a long time ago. We were, it doesn't sound many, that long. It sounds, years ago. It sounds like it's very fresh in your mind. <laughs> I mean, his dick is fresh. Um, but, you know, the, sometimes I think the further you get away from a situation, you mm. you appreciate it differently. Yeah. And I think that in, in reflecting for this conversation, I was thinking, well, when was the last time that I had the kind of sex that was intimate and earth shattering? And I think really that was with him. And so I think that I think so much about the intimacy. Of, so I think lots of different sex is obviously important. I think tra- can, uh, transactional, intentional transactional sex is powerful. But I also think that something is unlocked within us when we make a kind of a intimate connection or commitment to someone to pursue pleasure together, mm-hmm. right? The, we awaken something of the erotic, right? I think it was Audre Lorde and many others who tell us that there is, there is, um, there is power in the erotic, right? There's, there's much to be learned from it. Um, and so, yeah, so I think the, the, the fuck that changed the game when I think would have been with him when I understood that sex could be mutual and super pleasurable. Without getting, like, without diving too deep into it, 
what about that specifically like that experience was it was it because that that to me sounds like what i was saying about bdsm right where it's like you're like the the intimacy is the thing that pushes it over the edge but i might be wrong like maybe that's just i'm projecting onto you and trying to force you to say but intimacy is a choice right Mm -hmm. it's like love love doesn't just happen Mm -hmm. love is an action it's an act of will and i think intimacy is much the same you have to want to be intimate with someone and so i think that yes if you find a connection with someone and you decide to be intimate with them and put all the work and vulnerability and tenderness that intimacy requires um then that can be a really beautiful thing and so it wasn't just that we were having great sex it was that i was investing in him emotionally as well in a way that i hadn't done before and i don't think i've really done since and that's such a that's such a like a vulnerable space right like to feel like you're having that kind of connection with a person i get why that would be like mm. earth shattering but also but also and, and to, i don't hold it in such a reverence that i don't think i'll ever have something like that again yeah. but i think i definitely am paying it's it's that that connection it's respect right the reverence that it deserves which is that it did open me up to a new way of connecting with someone emotionally that no one had shown me before. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I feel I'm grateful to him for that. So before that, what was sex for you like? Oh, I don't know. Just whenever someone to have sex with me, I would do it. You know, like it was just kind of, it was, I was in my twenties. So it was just kind of like fumbling through sex. Like, you know, and, we will do that. Not to do, you know, but we do. I don't know. Yeah. Just, you just fumble through it. Right. You're like, I want to come and you do. Um, and there wasn't a great deal of intention about the sex I wanted to have in my, I didn't know what sex I wanted to have. So, yeah, I, I think I've changed sexually a lot, erotically, mm. a lot since then as well. That's beautiful. I guess, like, when you think about, and this is really just out of my curiosity because curious, and I guess it kind of ties back into the fantasy. Like, moving forward, when you think of a partner that you want, I know this phrase, like, black love is becoming very popular. And I think that there's also, like, this unspoken expectation that black people at some point in time date other black people and then like that changes depending on where you are what community but do you think that like the sex that you have with other black people and you if you feel like talking on like how colorism could impact that do you think that it changes do you think that there's almost like this safeness that comes in like i have friends that literally say they feel more safe like having sex with other black people as for other friends they are they don't really care yeah i think that the sex i've had with black men has been different Mm. you know um yeah there's i think there is a tenderness that i've experienced in my in, in my sex with black men that isn't replicated elsewhere so i do have a reverence for sex with black men too it doesn't necessarily mean i want to be intimate with them in that moment but i do i do appreciate that it changes it's definitely different also Black men don't look at me as if I'm some weird exotic creature that they've caught. Mm. <laughs> I get that from white men so often. There was this one guy, white guy, following me around this club. And I was like, why are you always trying to oppress a nigga? <laughs> I had to oh, say no. it so he would go away. And he did. He went away. But it, that's a, there's a difference. There's definitely a difference. And I, I think um, there's something interesting maybe that you've touched on there about being seen like how you are seen by sexual partners and I, like does that does it make a difference for you or is that is it like not a white or black thing um or is it a white and black thing uh, it's definitely a, the white men the way white men look at me is typically uh 
very different mm. than how black women look at me. Yeah. Yeah. It can be quite creepy sometimes. Is, is it ever um, desirable? Yeah. Sometimes I like to play out that exotic fantasy. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's because it just turns them into putty. Yeah, it turns them into putty, (laughs) and it's like a power thing. I'm like, this is cool. (laughs) Yeah, I am Brazilian. Yeah, whatever you want that to be, (laughs) if you say so. Just let's have sex. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think I've reached the end of my questions. Six. Do you have anything you want to ask? No, I really appreciate this whole dialogue with Josh. I was really anticipating meeting you. So getting to meet you, getting to know about your ex-boyfriend, getting to know all your experiences being black and queer. I love it. Was it interesting? It was very interesting. interesting. I feel like I learned a lot because I definitely, I think that region impacts you a lot. And I think that people don't really understand black women. I don't, like, I identify that I experience life oftentimes as a woman, but I'm gender fluid. But like, if you are black and femme, if you are black and woman, if you are black and like female, like you are just going to have an experience where people hyper-masculinize you. So it's like hearing how the opposite to some extent happens to black men and black masculine presenting people, black males Mm -hmm. is very interesting because it's like, I I can see the intersection of, Oh, I go through that too, but then Mm -hmm. different. And there's a, a there's an incredible, if harrowing, documentary called Party Boy, which talks about explorers rather the rise of crystal meth use among Black men who have sex with men in the U.S. Mm. Like it's an epidemic at this point, and how that's connected to um, rising HIV infection rates. Um, you know, the CDC says now in the U.S. that uh, one in two Black men who has sex with men will become HIV positive in his lifetime. So the AIDS crisis is happening very much now. Our communities are super underfunded. There's an increasing um, problem with drugs and crystal meth in particular. But those drugs are being provided by predatory white men Mm. who get um, who um, specifically target vulnerable, um, homeless, sex working um, black men and get them addicted to crystal meth. And then they then take it back to their communities. So this stuff, it's a really powerful way of understanding how race um, and the, the attendant power dynamics of race um, actually play out, you know, when when black bodies are being bought to satiate white desires. Mm. So, yeah, that was eye opening. And I learned about poppers. Yeah, that's super important. I'm going to buy you some. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> thank you so much, Josh, for coming and joining us and having a wonderful conversation. Um, and actually, I think. Do you know what it didn't? In my mind, I had a really clear direction of where the conversation was going to go. Um, and what I think is really nice is that it didn't become a conversation about, um, like an explicit conversation about being black. Like, I think it was actually mm. a conversation about your sexual experience and your sexual history. Which, yeah, which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I thought it was going to be super highbrow. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, well, I've got a couple of studies here. But, yeah, I I really appreciate it all the same. And I I think that actually um, your perspective and your voice is one that's really needed um, and and one that is not amplified enough. Um, And, yeah, I hope hope that the people that need to hear this hear it. Um, And and I don't think that there are people who don't need to hear it. So I hope that everyone listens. Um, Anyway, tell us where we can find you on social media or for work or whatever it is that you want to plug. 
Well, the first thing I want to say is that it's very important that as many people as possible know that PrEP, uh, pre-exposure prophylaxis, mm-hmm. um, the, um, the daily pill that um, helps with the prevention of HIV and tr- transmission of HIV, is now available on the NHS. Mm. And there are, they are specifically looking um, to ensure that trans people, sex workers, um, black and brown, MSM, men who have sex with men, um, are have it at their disposal if they need it. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in PrEP, you can find out more at prepster.com. That's prepster.com. I'm Josh Rivers. I'm the creator and host of Busy Being Black, which is a podcast exploring how we live in the fullness of our queer black lives. Search Busy Being Black wherever you listen to podcasts or busybeingblack.com. And how do we find you on social? On Instagram, it's underscore Josh Rivers. <laughs> you don't want to put that bit in. Leave it. No, alone. I don't Sorry. mind. <laughs> um, I'm also on Instagram, underscore Josh Rivers and underscore Busy Being Black. And on Twitter, underscore Busy Being Black. Thank you so much. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and on all socials at the Real Ben Hurst. And you can find me at Black Woman Cry on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Shameless secondary plug. And if I ever decide to get over Twitter, I might come back there too. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, if you did like it, uh, leave a review, rate it, subscribe to the channel um, for more regular podcasts and more information about Come Curious. And make sure you stay curious. Goodbye, Goodbye curious, curious fuckers. fuckers. <laughs> you fucking sluts. Uh, uh. <laughs>